Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CE curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Hello, I'm Dr. Ioana Preston, the director for the PH Center at Tufts Medical Center in Boston, Massachusetts. Thank you for joining us today. I have the pleasure of being accompanied by Drs. Oksana Schlobin from uh, Inova Fairfax and Dr. Rich Chanik from UCLA, both long-term experts in pulmonary hypertension. Thank you for joining me. So let's talk about emerging therapies in PAH. For the past 25 years, the clinical research in PAH has been extremely active and we have 14 drugs on the market now that we treat our patients with. But recently, uh, quite a high number of clinical trials have emerged looking at novel molecules, novel delivery uh, systems, and a combination of these. So, Rich, thinking about clinical trials such as otatercept, relinapag, and other that are ongoing or have recently finished. How do you see these new compounds fit into the treatment of patients with advanced pH disease or significant disease burden? Yeah, thanks for that question. It's a really good question. As you said, a very exciting time in our field. I think a drug like otatercept, it's obviously very unique because it has a novel mechanism of action. It's not a ostensibly a vasodilator. And the data that's been published is very, very strong, showing the benefit of this particular agent, even in patients on multiple other therapies. So I think it's going to have a very integral role in um, adding on and being part of a combination. Now, where it'll fit in, we'll have to see. But I think that, you know, there's some other studies going on looking at patients who are more severe, patients who have earlier, more earlier in the course of the disease. So I think, I think time will tell, but it'll clearly be an integral part. Drug like relenopag, which is, you know, a prostacycline receptor agonist, but longer acting, that may give us some further benefits. But again, we'll see. We're still earlier with that, with that particular drug to know whether it's going to be a positive outcome. So, Oksana, uh not all our patients in pulmonary hypertension clinic fit the inclusion-exclusion criteria that are very strict in the clinical trials. How do you see applying these new therapies in your clinic? It's a great question. Uh, probably uh, there is no easy answer, but I think similarly to what we've done in the past with uh, therapies that have come to market. Um, at the beginning, you sort of you try it out and uh, you use it on patients that are similar to the inclusion criteria. But as you gain experience as a provider um, and hopefully with more, maybe more data coming uh, for some of the trials, so just Rich just uh, mentioned Satatercept, another ongoing trial uh, trials of different patient population, then you, you start to experiment a little bit. I mean, I think we've done it um, since the, the beginning of times when therapies were available. Uh, first, you gain experience, and then you expand your patient population. Um, it's a different uh, uh, mode of therapy for this antiproliferative agents like cetatercept, uh, the tyrosine kinase inhibitors. So I think it'll be a, a learning curve for all of us. Uh, but I think with time as a community, we'll figure out where things fit. And you know, we have each other to learn from. The other thing I might add to that is that 
you know, this is where things like registries and sort of the post approval thing where you really co collect real world data to see, because like you say, there, it's not always the same patients that are in the trials. I think we've learned a lot from some of these registries that have come out after a drug is already being used. And not only efficacy long-term, but side effect Safety, profiles, yeah. right? Absolutely. Safety. Yep. Yes. So Rich, as a pH expert and pulmonologist, and we are, three of us are pulmonologists, we all love inhaled therapies. If you look at the ongoing clinical trials in pH, many of them are testing inhaled uh, drugs. The imatinib inhaled, the serolutinib, vardenafil inhaled. How do you see these new approaches and delivery systems for our pH patients who have a different type of dyspnea compared to asthmatics or COPDers? Yeah, it's a great question. I think it's a work in progress. I think obviously the rationale is very strong. You know, you're delivering the drug directly to the distal alveoli and therefore getting into the vascular bed and maybe having a more local effect without some of the, the systemic effects. And, and certainly there's plenty of history with enhanced prosthenol showing that it has efficacy. And now, you know, we have dry powder inhaler formulation. Um, I can say anecdotally that, you know, some people have done very well, but, you know, have issues of coughing and whatnot with a powder inhaler. So I think there's still a few sort of kinks to be ironed out with all these new drugs delivered, delivered inhaled route. Same story. I mean, I think it's a great idea, but as with all these things, the proof is in the clinical data and the efficacy. And and, and we'll see, I'm, I'm optimistic, certainly. That's great. And uh, Oksana, now uh, inhaled triprostanil is being the first drug approved for PHILD. And there are currently several inhaled formulations being tested for this population. How do you see this field emerging from here on? Well, my hope certainly is that the compounds that are being tested for group one PH uh, are considered for interstitial lung disease because uh, um, although inhaled tuprostanol um, is an effective therapy, um, the, there is more to be done for these patients that have really bad quality of life and, and such a high mortality. And my hope is that because the mode of action of some of the newer drugs like tyrosine kinase inhibitors uh, is different, uh, maybe there'll be more efficacy um, and, and due to the antiproliferative effects, uh, both on the vascular bed and you know, who knows what happens at the parenchymal level, I think as a community, all of us uh, are looking forward to the companies trying these drugs in, in patients with interstitial lung disease because there is definitely more to be done. It's an area that's only little tapped. Right. Very, very we tiny We have a tap. lot of work yes, to do. absolutely. Well, this is an exciting time in clinical research in pulmonary hypertension, and not only group one, but other groups. Um, we are looking forward to the results of the ongoing trials. Thank you so much for uh, joining me today, and thank the audience for tuning in, and more news to come in the near future. Thank you. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME Incorporated, and is part of our Minute CE curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash CME. Thank you for listening.